The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. Season 1 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds continues to boldly go this week as Episode 4 finds the crew remembering fallen comrades while trapped in a game of cat and mouse with those reptiles with a grudge, the Gorn. I'm not Mike Bovia, but this is Discovering Trek Strange New Worlds. Let's light this candle. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. This episode, Atmosphere Filters, A Massacre, Red October Tactics with Dire Consequences, and a ship's crew using all their talents to get out of jam after jam as we learn more about the crew members. Your host this week, who you can also listen to on Sci-Fi Sistas, and with the first link, are the very talented, thoughtful, and wonderful Yvette Blackman-Tom and Matthew Simone. I'm Casey Shafsky, subbing in for our friend Mike Bovia. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek or on Facebook, you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episode, Memento Mori. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and head back. Fear to do so leaves you open to spoilers. Episode 104 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Memento Mori, aired May 26, 2022. It was written by Davey Perez and Bo DeMaio and directed by Dan Liu. While on routine supply mission to a colony planet, the USS Enterprise comes under attack from a brutal and cunning enemy force. Captain Pike and his crew bring all their accomplishments, training, and new thinking into action. However, Security Officer Lalonde warns that the enemy cannot be dealt with by conventional Starfleet means. Well, everybody, now now's the time. We're just going to get right into it. This is going to be thumbs up or thumbs down for this episode and why you think and or feel that way. Let's start with the vet. Well, I'm definitely thumbs up as usual with this with this series. Um, I thought it was last week. I think we uh, I felt the I, everybody was saying that uh, Stranger Worlds was reminding them of TNG. And I was like, well, oh, I don't know about that. But this time um, it did remind me of TNG. It reminded me of the episode Disaster, um, where everybody had was part of this big disaster, but they worked with each each, everybody had their little teammate to work with, you know, Worf and I think he, that's when uh, Keiko gave birth and it was the doctor and Jordy in the, in the engine room. And it's just reminded me of that. So that, I gave that a thumbs up because it, it made me understand why people were uh, thinking that this reminded them of TNG. Um, but there are so many other things that were so great about <laughs> this uh, episode, but that was, the one thing I wanted to bring up to say that whoever brought that up last week, I agree. <laughs> Excellent. Right on. Matthew, what about you, my friend? 
it's been a while since we had an adversary presented in Star Trek that seems like truly terrifying. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and Lalan brings up this point in this episode that I thought was kind of chilling, and it made me think. Like for the whole rest of the episode, she says that Starfleet teaches that if you can communicate with someone, that there can be diplomatic relations. Now, the last time that we had sort of this very malevolent, mysterious force that I could remember anyways, kind of appear in Star Trek was in TNG with the Borg. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, you couldn't diplomatically, like Guinan talks about this. Like you can't, you can't reason with them with diplomacy because they're not interested in communicating with you at all. But that's because like their brains work differently. They're like hive mind. You can't really have a conversation with them. But that doesn't, as far as we understand, that's not the case with the Gorn. So the Gorn are just like, they're just presented as being evil, at least in Lalan's um, interpretation. And we don't, we don't see them this whole episode. So they're mysterious. And we know that she has had this horrific experience with them from her childhood that she's been hinting at up until now. So it was very like, it was chilling. It even almost opened like a horror movie. There's like blood everywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, that's a colony ripped apart. It also remind me of the opening of aliens, you know, when they go to visit yes. the, yeah. the Hadley's hope colony and it's been ripped apart and no one, no one knows what's going on. And, and you're just kind of waiting for them to come. So it was this, the, the atmosphere of this episode was so it was definitely what they were going for. So I'm giving oh, it yeah. a thumbs up. Excellent. Right on. Well, I agree with the two of you. I thought this was a very well done episode. Two thumbs up dramatically for me because in an episode this early in a series when you know the enterprise is not going to get destroyed (laughs) you know you know certain things aren't going to happen it's like ah we didn't sign everybody up for this to make four episodes and oh sorry main crew gets killed off but they made the tension palatable and it it really worked it was just Hey, here's a problem. Oh, we solved it. Oh, guess what? Oh, here's another problem. Uh, how are we going to solve that? And just the nice character points throughout the episode, I thought were wonderful. And like you're saying, a way to mix up the cast and the crew immediately mm-hmm. to get different interactions that I thought worked really well as we're going through, gosh, a brand new series. Library computer, data being received. But then this dovetails right into next, what we'd be talking about, you know, key points for all of you of what stuck out for you in this episode, what you thought was good, great, what is building, what could be improved on, any things like that. Matthew, what what are you thinking here, my friend? Uh, Another of the positive that I wanted to add as, you know, a space nerd that works at a planetarium, I was was totally excited that we had both a black hole and a brown dwarf in this episode. (laughs) I was like, oh, Need <laughs> celestial objects, um, especially. I especially want to give a shout out to brown dwarfs because they don't show up in science fiction like ever. <laughs> I don't think they've ever shown up in Star Trek at all. So I was like, oh, brown dwarf. Um, and then I, I remember that I've actually written a song about brown dwarfs once um, with a, my friend oh. of mine, the, the talented, the talented um, uh, musician uh, Leslie Hudson. Her and I teamed up once to uh, uh, to write a space album that was called "Forgetting Pluto," and. Um, it was, anyways, one of the songs is about brown dwarfs and that the sadness of being a brown dwarf because you're not really a star, but you're also, you're not really a planet. A failed star. Yeah, it's yeah, like you're a failed star. So the whole idea is the song is from the point of the brown dwarf being like, 
I'm not a failed star. I'm actually like a giant super planet. Like I'm really, you know, <laughs> don't mistreat me this way. Um, and then so, uh, and then and in, an, in an attempt to actually get an interview once for the film I was working on, uh, Chasing Atlantis, we, we reached out to uh, a scientist, incredible woman named uh, Dr. Jill Tarter, who, who actually looks for aliens in real life. That's her job. And I wanted to have like a good lead in. And I mentioned that I write like space music. And just for fun, I sent her like a portion of the song and she's like, actually, that's scientifically, it's incorrect because brown, oh. yeah, she's like brown dwarfs form more like stars. So they actually are failed stars and not super planets. But anyways, so nerd, nerd cred to the writers <laughs> for putting that in there. Um, oh, my give, only a shout out, give a shout out to Dr. Aaron for that one. because Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I understand that uh, Dr. Aaron McDonald is on... Um, ready room for this episode and i i haven't figured out how to watch ready room yet because i can't when i try to watch it from canada it won't they won't let me oh. um so i gotta figure that out hmm. still mm-hmm. but um and then my only criticism here was that una got taken out and so she's most of the most of the episode she's in a hospital bed and and or in, in sick bay and i was like no no i thought maybe she'd be commanding in the lower decks while kind of pikes up in the bridge because uh, there's you know the ships kind of cut off from each other but um so i was like ah i wanted more una action in this one but that was it that was my only criticism I gotcha. Yvette, what's your thinking here? Um, the, I don't have any criticism about this one. This is actually so far my favorite episode. The The horror episode is, of course, near and dear to my heart, but this was definitely my favorite episode so far. I mean, I've seen the next one, but I'm saying so far, this is up to this point, this is my favorite one um, because I love, uh, I always love this, the episodes where all of the cast is involved. That just makes yes. my, heart, my little truck, yes. my little trek heart is so happy when everybody's involved. So that was um, that was it. it this was a, this was a, a lot deeper than it looks on the sur- surface. Um, I don't know why I can't speak today, but uh, there's so much going on. It's like a buddy movie going on. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a, a horror movie going on, alien movie going on. There's a, a, a submarine movie going on. Mm-hmm. There's just so much going on. And then there's, we, I think we, it gets lost that it's Starfleet Remembrance Day also, which yeah. is the whole point of the whole pretty much the whole episode, the theme of it. And I know we're getting the themes later, but um, I, I, I just love that about this episode. There's just so much going on. And I think that's what we've, that was a, that is a running theme with these, these episodes. There's a lot going on in each episode, but this one, everybody's involved. And um, I mean, think of whatever genre you like is probably in this thing. Cause there was some comedy. There was a horror. There was, you know, Space war, mm-hmm. <laughs> space pew pew pews going on. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So that's you know, I'll take it. Give me more. There you go. Yeah, I I gotta concur again. I I thought this was the best episode of of Star Trek in a long time because they involved the A, B, and C plots together very well, and everything flowed and. In a, in a way that I bought I bought it all. I was like, okay, you know, the, the one little thing I'm like, ah, your engineer just got his, you know, hand completely broken, but was pretty stoic <laughs> about that. I'd be screaming bloody murder of, you know, if I just broke my pinky, but it was like, 
you know, there's uh, just so much here that works well. And when you think about it, and you guys were talking about TNG, and I go back and I think about TOS, Balance of Terror. Yes. And like you're saying, and man, the, for me, the Red October vibes just are going on in there. And I love that they did not at all show the Gorn because I think that set them up very nicely because everybody's going to complain about a something. And it'll be, oh, you introduced the Gorn, and then, oh, it's going to be CGI or something that they don't like. But if you bring them in this way, it's a softer launch that then we can see the Gorn later on. And, and maybe they you know say, hey, we're going to try some different styles of what we want this the creature and that society to look like, but we can hold back on it. And, you know, just, again, really strong work with like you're saying earlier, all the the main crew and cast there. It's uh, I I feel like I really know these people a lot more four episodes in than with almost all the other shows. It's like oh I remember your name. Oh I know exactly what you do. Oh I know more about your background and your family history. I mean they're, they're, you know they come back out with the her stuff and you know her parents being killed. And then well, on and you get all this stuff that's going on there. And you just keep getting the little references. I, I see the little visual, I call them ticks, but they're not ticks, but the stuff with Pike where, you know, there's something else going on in his head. Mm-hmm. And um, man, this one, this is another one where you can, I, I was, you, you darken the room, you turn off the phone and you watch it all the way through. So you keep the level of suspense going on. For me, it's the same thing of like watching Carpenter's The Thing. Mm. You just do that. You, and you have to do it. You don't stop to pee. You don't get, get food. You keep <laughs> the suspense true. building. Otherwise, it's just ruined. And this episode, boy, for, for what, 44 minutes really works very well. But, you know, I, I can't wait to hear what other people think. But so far, everybody that I've kind of texted with or talked to are like, hot damn, this is a great episode. At, at first, when they were leading into like, because they've been kind of hinting that the Gorn were going to be a, a force yes. in this series. And I was like, really? That thing from Arena? Original <laughs> series? That giant, slow walking lizard that thing? That can barely move? Yeah. Barely move? They're like, Captain <laughs> Crack. I was like, really? That's going to be. But then they. That's, introduced... that's why they have those, those fast ships, because they can't move fast. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's all of a sudden, it's all those things that we thought about the Gorn, like they're slow Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like goofy looking. And now it's like, no, it's like these fast ships and they attack quickly. Mm -hmm. They're willing to like sacrifice themselves just to get you. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's actually terrifying. Yeah, they're monsters. You know, it's all about survival of the fittest. I mean, they are, like you said, they are terrifying. Um, And it, it, I totally, for watching this, I totally forgot about that slow, uh, crazy looking Gorn thing, mm-hmm. the man in the costume type. Um, I, and I was just like, ooh, these guys are vicious. You know, the, the, they, they set everybody up and they put out bait and they went and uh, yeah. I was like, wow, OK, this is not the same Gorn. This is not your mother's Gorn. <laughs> no. It, yeah, I think they're they're almost hitting, hinting into like predator territory in this yeah. of, you know, you, you have this thought of what, what this thing is, is going to be, yeah. but it is a very calculating mm-hmm. creature. And yeah, those, that ship, 
holy crud. I mean, the constant spinning around of that. And I was just going, oh, they're, they're not messing around with this. And like you said, giving us all these different cues that this is a different Gorn that maybe, you know, you know, silent like a snake and, you know, certain things that are like a crocodile, whatever. But when it attacks, fast and brutal, yeah. and you have no chance for recovery. So this could be very interesting for the future of this series. I'm, I'm ready. We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets, pins, magnets, and other merchandise is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek. But they offer so many more options for cool nerds like us. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins from The Big Bang Theory, Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. You know what's shiny and cool besides Dan's head on a frigid day? (laughs) The Delta's on the Enterprise crew uniforms, and you can get one of your very own at fansets.com. The Delta's Done Right collection features the Enterprise Command Delta that first appeared in Disco Season 2 in both pin and magnet form. They also have the Delta as seen in the TNG episode Future Imperfect. And have you bought the TMP Delta yet? It's phenomenal. That also is available in pin or magnetic form. So go on over to fansets.com, browse around, and put a bunch of pins in your cart. As a listener to the show, you could receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using code TREKGEEKS at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Right, gang. Now we're going to be talking about what we think theme or overall message of the episode. And, you know, what does it have to potentially teach us about ourselves, our humanity? Yvette, would you lead us off, please? So the theme I put together for this was death. Um, death seemed to be the overwhelming theme um, because we start off, uh, what, we start off with the title. Uh, memento, I think I said it wrong. Memento Morari, Morai, Morai, right? Morai, I think that's the way it's said. Memento Morai, and um, and that it's a reminder of death. That's what it's supposed to mean. Um, some object that reminds you of death, and then uh, then it's uh, Starfleet Remembrance Day, uh, where they remember all the officers that gave the ultimate sacrifice. Um, and then the people who left behind get to wear these pins. Um, and that seemed to be a lot of the theme going forward. Um, you know, everybody had to get together to kind of save each other. Um, and then people had to, re- had to live, keep living even though people had died. Um, we saw a lot of that when Pike was saying, um, uh, we survived by working together. Um, it just seems like in this, there was a lot of guilt because we, we still, they're still remembering discovery. Um, 
Laana's uh, still thinking about her colony ship. And, you know, they have to deal with that. They have to deal with what's how they're living, the guilt of surviving, um, mm. you mm-hmm. know, and then we honor those uh, that that gave their life by being grateful that we're still on the journey, as Pike said. And the only way we can do that is by surviving together. And so they then when we get to these little, as I call little pods of the cast, um, everybody's working together to kind of kind of survive this when Juan is telling them we we have to flee or we're just going to die. You know, we the, the Gorn is relentless. Uh, we're going to die. We're, we're just not going to make it. Pike has to kind of work with Ortegas because Ortegas is saying, oh, you want us to go into the Brown Star? Okay, fine. You know, she's being snarky and he's trying to get her to believe that we can do this. You know, he's trying to get Laon to believe that we can make it through, even though we don't know nothing about the the um, the Gorn. Um, Una is mm-hmm. trying to make Laon believe that we she can make it through to another day. You know, Mabenga mm-hmm. and Chapel mm-hmm. and, you know, they're all everybody's working together to let them know, you know, even though it looks bad and things are bad. But if we have hope and as Pike said, a little hope and a little uh, and a few miracles you know, we'll get through it. So I think that was the overriding uh, theme of the show, even though there was a lot of other stuff going on, like we're talking about themes and genre, but the theme was death and surviving it and a little bit of guilt for surviving uh, death. Okay, okay. Matthew, what about you, my friend? I, this is probably my personal bias and how I was interpreting some of the themes from this one. But what I got out of it was, uh, was avoidance. And, you know, um, mm. Laon has this trauma and she hasn't revisited some of it for a while. You know, she, we, we end up doing it with this uh, Vulcan mind meld that Spock walks her through, but it's not, it's not a time in her life that she wants to re- revisit. And there's this pain from there. And at the same time, they're being pursued. And what do they have to do with the initial attack or caught off guard? They're wounded, they're hurt, and they, they have to hide somewhere. So they're hiding inside of this failed star, this brown dwarf. And I was thinking about this because I, I am like admittedly one of the most conflict avoidant people. And when there are some like really difficult situations, especially when it comes to conflict uh, with another person, I have a tendency to just hide out because I don't, I don't like the conflict. And, and so I, and, and then into things that are difficult or challenging, I can often be a terrible uh, procrastinator. Uh, and I, especially for things that are, that are hitting something that are sensitive for me or where their place there might be a pain or a trauma. So, but what happens, right? The pressure keeps building up and then eventually you get crushed or mm-hmm. something will eat mm-hmm. you and spaghettify mm-hmm. you. And so they can't, mm-hmm. they can't stay there. They have to find a way out. And so they need to find a way to work the problem. And at first, what they try to do is what, what do we do first? Let's hide deeper. So they keep going. They can't, the problem can't find us here, but it's the problem mm-hmm. is relentless. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. And so I was thinking about that a lot. It was making me a little bit uncomfortable. Like sometimes you're sitting under the pressure of something you're trying to avoid and you, you can't eventually you have to turn around and face it somehow, because if not, you're just, your ship's going to get crushed. You know, your heart's going to get crushed. Your mind's going to get crushed. You got to get out and face it. And sometimes it means staring a black hole 
in the face or a relentless creature in the face or whatever it is that that might manifest in your life. But that's the way I saw it. I was like, oh, sometimes I'm I'm hiding in a brown dwarf and I'm going to get crushed. And sometimes you just got to face <laughs> whatever it is that's attacking you. Just sing your song. You'll be fine. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know, you, you two have said things very well already. And, and part of it, which is very interesting, Matthew, because I think you and I are, are slightly on the, the opposite ends of that with conflict. So like in my family, it was always my mom and I who were the fighters and my dad and my brother who were the flighters. And so it was just a very, sometimes it works okay, and sometimes it works good, and sometimes rushing in is the stupidest thing to do instead of thinking beforehand. And so in this episode, I was I was like going, I admire the people who who are able to take the action of thinking before taking action. And I don't, always do that. So I'm very, always very impressed of people who are able to take a, a, a slight step back and go, oh, let's think about this situation and what might be the, uh, I don't know how to quite say this, maybe the most beneficial course of action to take and the other ways to be prudent at the time. And in this episode, I just kept going back to thinking, you know, they're working on something where not every situation has a solution. You know, it's it's not certain things won't just won't work out, but how they were working together and I I, I don't consider it a positive attitude, but like when Pike was talking about, hey, you know, there there has to be some hope here. There's there's got to be a, a mood of that there are possibilities here that where we can survive, where we can do well, not just oh the mood is we're done for. So having that and, you know, Uhura, working in engineering, I was loving that because it was just this, you know, hey, here we go. I don't know anything. You're going to talk me through it. And we're just going to, you know, methodically, step by step, we'll, we'll make it. We'll make it. And I kept going through certain things of, and I don't know if you all had kind of a, a colloquialism like this in your family, but in ours, it was like always, how do you eat an elephant? And it's one bite at a time. And you don't look at the rest of the elephant because sometimes problems are so huge. If you look at the whole thing, I'll just shut down. But it's like, okay, a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, gosh, if you improve yourself 1% a day after an injury or something and you think, oh, so it's just 1%. Well, in 90 days, you're back roughly to 90%. And if you're not back to 90% in that time, but you still made progress, you've made the progress. And it's not where everybody has to be at a certain place somewhere. So that's why I saw in a lot of these characters of certain people were in different places in their life, which you're talking about with past events that have happened and how they have dealt with them. And for each person, it was correct for each person. So whatever is right for you or for me may not be for the other and or vice versa, but it doesn't matter. It's what's right for that person to be able to continue on, to keep doing um, every day. And, you know, however we have to go through it and with stuff going on and especially things ugh, earlier, you know, this week that were just horrendously awful. 
and they'll, okay, how, how can we make th- literally, how can we make things better and get people off their butts to do other things to, to uh, ensure safety and other things for, for all of us. And, you know, this, this episode for me came in a, a really good time for, for mental health. And I don't know if it did for other people, but it just kind of clicked on certain things inside uh, for me. Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Honor. And that just lead us, leads us now into our awards that don't matter because they don't receive a plaque or anything from us, but darn it, we have them anyways. So, you know, we're going to be talking about awards for this episode, and it can be anything you all want to talk about. Matthew, my friend, again, you have the floor. Yeah, I was going to I'd give a shout out to Christina Chong, who plays uh, La'an. Um, the way that like she even on her face so they zoom in when she's on the catwalk between the two ships and she's just like it's the gorn like the, the way that that you that she brings that tension because she sets the tone for the whole episode is her reaction to it and i thought she just played that mm. super well so she definitely yeah, yeah shout out there and then of course shout out to um I, i'm sure Dr. Aaron McDonald has input on all the science in these shows. And I, again, I thought it was so cool that we had a black hole that was devouring a brown dwarf and what it would be like to be inside the pressure of a, of something that dense as a brown dwarf. So big shout out to the science advisors on this episode, because that's, that's nerdy stuff. I always enjoy um, being that I work at a planetarium. <laughs> right on, my friend. Absolutely. Yvette, what do you have, my friend? Well, I don't work at a planetarium, but I'm definitely giving an award to Dr. Erin, mainly because she's a good friend of mine and I love her because uh, she explains these things so well. <laughs> even I understood it. Uh, but yeah, I love that when they were explaining it. And then uh, I, I, I understood what I know what a brown star is. It's funny. All my kids are scientists, but I don't know anything. But I, I do know that part. Um, but I thought that was just amazing the way it was laid out and and then to see it on the AR wall and it, it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. It, they just mm-hmm. put it together so well. So definitely uh, to all to the to the science department, uh, let's give them a, a, a trophy. Um, I always give a trophy to whoever brings the funny. And it was uh, Ortegas brought the funny this this week. So <laughs> an award for her. Um, and, my, and of course, and then the writer. Uh, I think his name was Davey, right? Was his name? Something Davey. Yes, there were two two writers on this episode. Oh. Yeah, Davey Perez and Davey Bo Perez. DeMeo. Well, definitely an award for them because um, they came up with um, Starfleet Remembrance Day. And I think that is really important. Um, I'm, I'm a veteran. So anytime they bring up things in Star Trek that have real connection with vets. I I just love that. And I think that is something, it's a real thing. You know, we always remember those ships or that crew or that person who we lost and, but we survived that, that is a deep thing that that, that's a trauma that um, soldiers, you know, sailors, we all go through Um, and to have a remembrance day, a Starfleet remembrance day, I think it's pretty cool. And to have it as a pin, I think that's pretty awesome. So those are my three awards. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit straight to the writers. So with my background, I, I usually deal with behind the camera people and and the writing on this. And 
and the producing of this is what we want to do. And like you just said about the introduction, like finally of a Remembrance Day, I was like, how is this not thought of before and pushed? Because this, this is another emotional core that all of us can relate to when we're dealing with a space adventure show, when you have to accept certain things that, you know, yeah, might not be easily acceptable because, okay, it, it, it's TV and all that, but you're going, oh, yeah, this grounds me immediately into what's going on there. And um, this is the fourth episode, <laughs> like, you know, like writing of this caliber in the fourth episode of your first season. I was really, I was stunned. I was like, dang, please, 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 more of this and keep that level of quality. Um, the acting so far by everyone seems very strong to me. There, There's not one character that feels like a weak link or one performance of any of it. It just, everyone there um, feels to me like they've been working with each other for two or three years already. And there's just a little familiarity and a vibe going on there that, you know, for, for these actors to create out of not knowing each other for a period of time and, and to do is just magnificent. And so, you know, people, you know, above the line, below the line, in front of the camera, behind the camera are doing an, an amazing job. And just I'm I'm really thankful that this is going on. And, you know, we're getting the episodic stuff, which seems fresh because we haven't had it for so long. And they just keep coming through. So for everyone so far, wonderful kudos. Keep it up. Now, next week, oh, my gosh, episode 105, y'all, a personal visit in a space Freaky Friday situation causes a comedy of errors and an opportunity to walk in another's shoes during Spock and Pike's crucial negotiations with an unusual alien species. Episode five is entitled Spock Amok. Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and of a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com forward slash Trek Geeks, where subscriptions start at low as $2 per month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Polytreks, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com forward slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. The Trek Geeks podcast network. No one talks Trek like we do. Well, everybody, that's it for this week. Thank you all for joining us this episode. And I want to give a huge thanks to Mike, Yvette and Matthew for letting me sneak in here and talk Trek. 
You two are fantastic. Thank you very much. Can't wait to spend some time with you, hopefully at STLV. And as always, my friends, remember, difficult times don't build character, they reveal it. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.